0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another Concordus CareerCast, Cast, coming to you live from Studio 212, beautiful South Lake Union. Today, we have myself, Tim Rogers, we have Brad Coulter, and we have Kristen Smith, the new COO of Dolly. Lake. So we'll continue with our Dolly podcast here. We'll have some good questions for Kristen. Give us a good overview of Dolly, the startup environment, the VC environment, and um, we'll just kind of kick it off from there. Kristen, you want to go over your background and yeah. how you came to Dolly?
1: Yeah, certainly. First, thanks for having me here. I really appreciate it and uh, excited to to talk a little bit about Dolly. I'm still just about a month in, so uh, a lot of these are preliminary um, impressions and whatnot. So my background... I uh, I ended up kind of falling into engineering, uh, mostly because I didn't really know what else I wanted to do, and it seemed like a really way, good way of, of choosing something that uh, would justify paying for school or having my parents help justify <laughs> paying for school. But I did a program that was really cross-functional, so I did business and engineering and foreign language and culture, and so... Um, The reason for that program was to build manufacturing talent and operations talent in the United States, kind of a a sort of response to the 1970s when all of that talent was overseas. So... Uh, I ended up liking it a lot more than I thought I would, and it sort of propelled me into really looking at manufacturing companies, the companies that were making things and had to move them around. (laughs) But I was also really excited because this was in 96, 97, 98 when the Internet was really coming online. I got really excited about the role technology was going to play. In not only building new types of businesses, but also in connecting internally and externally those businesses. So in 98, I moved down to Austin and I worked at Dell in manufacturing supply chain and then eventually with their ventures group um, in the e-commerce e-business section of our our procurement area. Um, And it was a great time to be doing all of that um, until it wasn't, at which point I went back to school and did a little bit more graduate work in the same general area, um, and then moved out here to Amazon, where I spent eight years. And I started in operations their supply chain logistics, uh, built a bunch of new capabilities, including the first iteration of same-day delivery uh, back in 2005, and uh, a bunch of other just really cool capabilities. And I started to really get an understanding of how operations could create real value that was distinctive for businesses, which was pretty exciting. So I promptly went to the retail side of things and (laughs) got into product management and site merchandising and design ended up um in the digital music space there before i left where we our our team worked diligently for a while and ended up launching kind of the first large consumer based or consumer focused cloud based music groups or music oh. products. So all of the Amazon Cloud Drive and Cloud Player was sort of like my wow. my last thing I did at Amazon. So I sort of spanned this this operational into the product and the building the business and trying to figure out how you know, what do customers want? How do you get those things to customers in the best way possible and how do you figure out how to use that to grow a business. So really exciting time and it was right around that time when Zoolily was starting to oh. Uh, really scale here in Seattle. And uh, I had a a really great series of conversations with folks there that uh, were all around, look, it's just getting really big. And we haven't invested a lot of strategic effort into what we're doing. So help us come build this. We don't even know where you need to start. Just come (laughs) figure it out. Uh, So it was a great two and a half years there. I went basically until IPO. At which point I was going to take some time off, but that didn't last very long. (laughs) Um, I was advising some startups and really got excited about the mental challenge, the intellectual challenge of how do you, in the startup phase, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more, how do you think about what you need to do? Because you have nothing and you need to do a billion things, but you have time for maybe 20 on any given day. So how do you figure out how to build a business or build a portion of your business that's consistent with the vision for the future and you know make progress every single day. And that was something that was really fun. I worked with a couple of startups here. I'm still cool. on the board of advisors for an e-commerce startup down in, in the Bay Area. Um, and I really liked that. But what happens when you're that advisor and consultant is then they want you to come work full time, sure. which is what yeah. happened. And I've always had this um, passion for education, and I definitely have felt the massive shortage of software developers, in, especially in Seattle. Yeah. And so when one of my clients, which is called Code Fellows, asked yeah. me to come and be the CEO, I couldn't say no. Oh, wow. So I spent the last year and a half or so um, running Code Fellows, which is a, an in-person, very high-touch, um, transformative, results-based Software development education company. That's
2: that's the. It's a six-week program. Well, they've they've changed
1: it. It used to be eight weeks of of the sort of intensive capstone program. If you you have to be qualified to get into that. Now they have more of a series, and I think they've extended that last portion to ten weeks. Um, But that's changed a little bit since I've left. Cool. Uh, So I, I did that for a year and a half. Very. Grew, like just a great experience from so many perspectives, being able to make an impact on having software developers in the market, new ones, new creating new supply, almost like manufacturing, but it's people. Um, and then also being able to be a part of somebody's life transition. So yeah. most people were coming from something they were really not happy with doing, and they were transitioning into this field that was super dynamic. Gave them an opportunity to build and really stepped up their career game. Cool. So. That was a great experience, but I really didn't take enough time off in between right. Zulily and Code Fellows, and so I took the summer off because it was pretty epic here. Very nice. It just so happened yeah. that I met Mike on my last day at Code Fellows, <laughs> oh, right. um, and was just blown away by the team here at Dolly, uh, Mike in specific, and and just what the company was setting up to do. Uh-huh.
0: So were you actively looking for work at that point, or no? I, I was think actively not looking <laughs> yeah. for work at that
1: point. I told okay. Mike I've promised myself at least sixty days off. Yeah. So he, which he understood, having did you get your sixty bathroom. days off? I did. Okay. There good.
2: go. Cool. Well, maybe uh, we we got into this a little bit with Mike, but maybe we could talk about kind of the best way to approach. You know, if I'm a candidate looking to work with startups, kind of you know what's the best way to approach? I mean, maybe Dolly specifically, and then also kind of at a larger scale, you know, all startups?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there are a couple of things that I could say. One is with patience because it it is so easy for uh, somebody external to a company to try a couple different ways and get discouraged. Uh, because they may not get the response that they want. But I think what is very true across startups is, number one, everybody's really busy. Number two, they probably don't have great processes already in place. And number three, you don't always really know what you need in terms of the people that you're hiring until you needed them yesterday. <laughs> so I think the the first piece of advice I would give is, is be persistent and have some patience. Um, but I think also emphasize not only your the skills that you have, but the results that you're able to drive and the flexibility that you're able to have in different types of situations as things change, as things grow. Um, A lot of times candidates will come from bigger companies and, and the question mark will always be, can this person work without the infrastructure there, right? So being able to show that you have not only the ability to work uh, very flexibly and that you can do a lot of different things, which is often the case in startups, but also that you can work without infrastructure and still make progress is, is a really good way to approach it.
2: And, that, and that, that came up last in our last conversation with Mike, just being able to, to transition from that larger organization to a startup. I mean, it sounds like you did it pretty successfully. I mean, what, what were the challenges in, in that?
1: Yeah, I, I think because I really cut my teeth at Amazon, which was always trying to reinvent the wheel. You never felt like you had much infrastructure, even though looking back, obviously we did. Um, but you always felt like you were trying to work, or you were over your skis. You were trying to work beyond what you actually had, or you are trying to use something in a way that it wasn't meant to be used. And I think that's a really good training ground for um, for. Startups. And so I think I was just lucky to have that at a bigger company. Um, but I think the other thing is just take on in your role, take on things that aren't necessarily within the core. So go and sort of forge a new trail in some way or start something outside of work, whether it's something volunteer or something passion based, where you have to go through that process of, wow, I have nothing and I have to make a million decisions that I have no data for. How do I go from point A to point B to point C? Sure.
2: That brings me to a, another question related to startups. So, I mean, obviously all startups aren't created equal, and y- you've done a really good job identifying great ones to work for. So if I'm a candidate interested in startups, you know, kind of ha- what's what should I be looking for in a startup? How do I identify you no, know, quote unquote, the winners,
0: uh,
1: and,
2: and how to identify
0: the losers to stay yeah. away from them. Yeah,
1: <laughs> gosh, I, if I had this, I would bottle it and sell it. Um, I guess you'd be a billionaire. <laughs> that's but. right. Um, I would be doing something different than what I'm doing. Uh, I, I would say for me, the first thing is recognizing that there is a fit component in mm. that I'm not a good fit for every startup, and so even if a startup is going to be really successful, I probably won't be successful in a lot of these startups, and right. it, a lot of that has to do with what do you like to do, how do you work, what is your style, um, and and sort of becoming self-aware of that and being able to then figure out how do you ask questions that would meaningfully help you assess how you would fit into an organization. So that's in general, but in a start, startup in specific, because so many things are always changing in a startup. The other thing is to look at the founders and the leadership team and, mm. and see try to say, you know, if you were just doing a case study on this particular company, what are the types of people that you'd need involved? What types of experience would you want them to have? What would you want them to be talking about? Does that align with just what your sort of gut instinct says uh, is important? And I think if you can see consistency across the customer proposition and the things that are going on within the company in a way that it, that is scalable and you have people that know how to get things done, know how to execute on a vision, then that, those are the kind of things that kind of come together that at least put you in, in the way of success.
0: Sure. And what are some of the biggest challenges for, for building a startup or building teams within a startup?
1: Uh, I think just the fact that everything is changing right. all the time. Um, In a lot of ways, people think that they really want change and they crave change, but very few people actually do. And it can be even tough if you are somebody who generally likes change or are sort of on that higher end of the spectrum there to deal with constant change on every dimension. So I think that can be really tricky. The other thing about startups is that if you're in a successful startup, it's probably going to grow faster than you are, which is super humbling, right? Right, Because you come in, you're one of a few people, you know about every single decision that's being made, you might get to say something about every decision that gets made. But if you're really successful, you build a company that eventually sort of outpaces you, unless you're amazing, right? You have to be sort of like top 0.1% or something to really not be sort of bowled over. Um, And so it's really difficult to hire today, what you're going to need tomorrow, sure. um, and to keep everybody who's been a part of that success and building that foundation um, a, a great part and a happy part of a team. So I think that's one of the most challenging things: the the change that's happening on every single level, and the fact that uh, not al- always what got you to today is what's going to get you to tomorrow.
2: Sure. So I mean, as you guys build out your team at Dolly, I mean what 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 type of candidates are you looking for i mean what that's where i'm going more is is it more about the the actual hard skills or is it more about the soft skills or i imagine it's a combination of the two and and i know you guys are, are kind of split you kind of have your operational side and and you're more you know the the dev side yeah i mean how do you balance that
1: that. I think you have to have consistency across the different teams if you're really going to function well. And I think that's one thing that Mike and Chad and the team have really done well is that the the company, every person in the company is wicked smart and really good at what they do, but also just incredibly humble and professional and appreciative of the people around them. And I think... Um, there's a shared mindset that you know we're playing to win but not in an aggressive way Mm -hmm. which means that people are not afraid to set high bars for themselves and and stretch goals because sometimes they'll fail um but but there's support with the team and I think that that is really important because most of the time if you set a goal that you may or may not Reach, you're going to probably get further than you would have if you set a goal you know you're going to reach. And so I I think that that's one of the things that has done really well so far at DALI. It's one of the things that I think as we scale, we'll have to keep a really close eye on exactly who and what and how we're structured and what mechanisms we put into place to reinforce the cultural values that. Uh, are going to be special for what we're doing. So here at Dolly, I think being data-driven as opposed to fear or emotionally driven, um, being results-oriented, so it's great to have good ideas, but how do you execute? How do you do things really well? Being really focused on and excited about taking care of customers, uh, I think is the other thing, and, and recognizing that we have two customer bases uh, in our helpers and our customers, and um, and, and having that sort of filter through, those are going to be the things I think are really going to be important. And then you have to be good at whatever you're doing. Sure. Cool.
2: I'm just curious, you know, you mentioned kind of as you guys grow and if, if you're doing it correctly, you know, eventually the company kind of outgrows you. So how, how are you setting expectations with, you know, new hires as they come in? To this, to this company that's growing real quickly.
1: Yeah, that's tricky. You want to find people that want to grow, that embrace that change, and then you have to manage it as it happens. I think it's difficult to really do anything up front that's honest because it's hard to predict. Right. But, you know, I, I think that it's it's a constant process as opposed to setting the expectations up front other than just saying, look, we're still learning here. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to grow fast. Things are going to change rapidly are you signing up for this Are you are you on board?
0: For people that want to uh, apply for jobs at Dolly how do they get in touch with you guys?
1: Email your resume and a, a little bit of why you want to work here to hire me at Dolly.com.
0: Very nice. Well, thank you very much for the Kristen Smith for joining us today um, on the Concordus Career Cast. If you have any questions, concerns for us, you can give drop us a line at info at concordus.net, concordis You can also you can like <laughs> us. <laughs> Thanks for the hand.
2: You, you can you can like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter at concordis jobs, uh, or like us on LinkedIn. And uh, as always, thank you to the Soundcasting Network.